Talking to you from Pearson Airport Terminal 1. I just dropped off sun number 1. And uh, let's see, are the levels okay? Levels okay? Yeah, they should be. I got this taped to my dashboard. It's awkward. And, uh, god damn. This is just a traffic nightmare. Okay, guy, you got your car double parked, triple parked. You're in the way. I gotta go. Come on. Move. All right. No. This is what a, it's a nightmare. Getting here was okay. Did it in good time, but uh, now have to get home in that massive, horrible uh, thing they call rush hour. Oh, I got four-way flashers on. Take those off. Um, yeah, anyway, we'll begin the journey and uh, see how things go. Use the left lane to continue towards Highway 401 and Highway 409. You'll be hearing my assistant quite a bit. And the left lane would take me to parking, so uh, she's wrong. But uh, anyway, all right, so enough about traffic and noises. Oh boy. Have I ever got a lot to say? This is Dixon Jane's podcast number 861. It is uh, Thursday. Lane disappears. I got a cut in front of a car. Uh, I don't know. I'm, this may not work because I'm not. I know the best of drivers at the worst of times. Not the, I could be the worst of drivers at the best of time. No, I, anyway, I shouldn't be trying to do two things at once. Let's put it that way. But this part is great. Coming out of the airport, I've done this so many times. But I'm still totally dependent on getting guided. You know, everywhere I go now. And it's another thing, it's about age. Oh, it's just that added extra comfort of being told, you know, and ten, I love a 10-kilometer warning. 10-kilometer, you're going to merge on the exit 355, and then you get it 2 kilometers, maybe even 1 kilometer, and then you're, you're in it, you know, take the exit! And uh, that kind of thing. Anyway, I said I wouldn't talk about driving, but it could be that's all I'll talk about. Ah. <sighs> It was a good visit. My son was here for just over a week. And um, we started off on a Friday night having a meal out together at that fabulous Japanese restaurant. I suppose I talked about that. I can't remember what I put up in Eat Sixty. I must have. And um, the other meals I kind of had out with my wife. They were at a uh, place for uh, the people who are being persecuted. Shining the Uyghurs, I guess. So he wanted to go to a Uyghur restaurant 
in Scarborough, of course he would have one. Today he wouldn't leave until we went to a Jamaican patty place, because he had to have one more Jamaican patty. And I'm glad, I, I sent him in, and he said, well get some for me and my other son too. Uh, and the cocoa bread deal, and, you know, the island of Pop Drinks. And, and Scarborough is great, Scarborough is great. There's everything here, and it's, it, and people generally get along. Now I've got big topics. I don't know. Uh, I'm a little hesitant to get into them. You know, I need this warm up. So let's just do a little chit chat first, um, and then we'll get into the, the heavy stuff. Hopefully, with not too much complaining. You can hear the deceleration as suddenly. Okay, traffic is no longer moving. Yep. Welcome to the journey home. Um. Good. I have my two sons together. I'll tell you, here's a, here's one deal. Uh, one son is fully vaccinated. My son from Vancouver works in the uh, industry, uh, beverage, food and beverage industry, and very conscious of this and follows all the rules and is very upset with people who aren't. My second son, um, who is at home with us, um, doesn't believe it's really all that serious and why should everybody be forced to, and there's a lot of lies and things out there. So, towards the conspiracy side of things, which I, I'm not happy about, uh, my son is, elder son's not happy about it at all. So we had no family meals where we all went out together to a restaurant. Um, I sort of made it clear that no, this is not the time during COVID, uh, and we're not all on the same page. So this is not going to happen. And Nalco found that very upsetting. This is family. We're together. We should all be together, celebrate together, and which we have done or would do in, in other times, but uh, this time not. So that's um, that's you know it was kind of too bad, but that's just the way it had to be. So there wasn't a lot of communication between the two until today, and my son, quite uncharacteristically, Daniel, uh, was out of bed before my wife. My wife was off to work. So we were all here at breakfast time. Oh, my God. When, when was the last time that happened? And um, we got into discussions. And it was good. It was really good. So it, it started off, I guess, a little bit of shakiness and sort of sorting things out. And what are the rules going to be? And who's keeping distant from who? And it ended on a very lovely note. Um... They did have a discussion about it, but without raising voices or throwing things. Um, we got onto other things. I mean, it started off. It was a climate change discussion as well, and of course, you know, there'd be divergent views there as well. But the connector was the Matrix, <laughs> um, because they were talking about. You know, they do, the one thing they do have in common is they know a lot about pop culture. There's two years different, so they have very different tastes. But, of course, they're aware of the culture in a way that I am not. It can't be, just because of their relative youth. And, uh, so, we got onto the new Matrix, and can't you see how exciting it looked, and how much fun it's going to be, and can't wait to see it. And I sort of brought up, well, I never, I can't, I never understood the first Matrix, Matrix, 
Um, and I think it's because I never watched it from beginning to end. I think I always saw bits and pieces and scenes on TV, but never saw the original at the theater. And I don't think ever watched it all the way through without Okay, he's telling me the right two lanes, and I'm in the left. Um, and they told me this last time, and it was sort of saying, "Don't get on the expressway." Basically, so I'm I'm merging, I'm merging, trying to merge, trying to merge. Guy won't let me in to follow what this guy has just told me, and I, and I've been tricked. Okay, there's another lane I can't get over. And basically it's saying, don't take the express lanes, take these. And I personally think it's wrong, but I'm going to listen to the lady this time. Even though I'm in a, a lane that looks like, oh my God, this is going nowhere. And I'm not going to follow my instincts, I'm going to exit. And I think it's because the traffic's moving. Oh, I, oh, I'm sorry, I told you I wouldn't all be a traffic report. It's already gone that way. It's the battle really is between me and, and my knowledge and information which could be false information, which ties into the, the conversation we were having about the two sons differing views on climate change and COVID. Right? Who do you believe? Where are you getting your information from? Well, I'm getting my information from a satellite right now, and it's telling me, hey, don't take the express lanes. Just get in these the, the collectors. That's what you want. And it's weird. The other thing that's tricky about all this is how well does a satellite picture know that this whole area section around the airport is still sort of under construction and uh, are, are, is the lane information really accurate? really know that? Like, why is it telling me don't take... Oh, I'm sorry. Here we go. Oh, my God. I've ruined it already. All right. Back to my sentence. So, anyway, I said I didn't get the Matrix. I don't... I just don't understand the whole concept. Like, I know this... This, you know, artificial world. And Kenji explained it to me in a, in a pretty clear way of what I needed to know to watch the movie and enjoy it. And... That's what we did. We put on The Matrix on uh, Netflix and watched it together. And it was a wonderful thing to share. Dad and his two sons sitting in the living room watching the original Matrix. And, of course, both of them laughing at certain parts. Oh, yeah, this part. I remember this. Oh, I forgot that part. Yeah. Uh, It was kind of fun. It was kind of fun. So uh, there you go. That's my intro, The Matrix. And, of course, now I'll have to see. But there are two others and uh, with mixed reviews. They thought the third one was pretty shitty. Um, but I'm glad I watched this one. And, uh, yeah, I do look forward to the new one. All right. Maybe I should just stop there and say we won't, uh, we won't do any more. Or should I get on to the heavy stuff? Should I get on? Is it? Was that the intro and now I got on to, okay, what's this really about? What do you got to share with us? Come on. You made it sound like something important. Come on. And you guys, of course, you regular listeners, well, no, no, he makes it sound like it's important, but it never is. And I'm telling you, no, this is important shit. If I, if I open up 
This is important. This is uh, family stuff. This is future stuff. Use the right two lanes to keep right here. to McDonald Cartier Freeway. We're doing that. Thank you very much. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. I said, I drove my son down to Ottawa to, so I could visit his friend and my sister. And I had a wonderful visit with my 80-year-old sister. Didn't see my brother, but uh, did see my sister and, uh, and her husband. And then uh, actually went out on the Thursday morning that we were driving back. Or no, Wednesday morning, today Thursday. Driving back to Ottawa. Um, my brother-in-law was lawn bowling. And I went out to watch him lawn bowl and thinking about how much I enjoyed it when I did it. And um, I just dropped in as a visitor, and there's a man there, and he's going to tell. Keep left onto McDonald's Cartier Freeway. This man was um, the friendly, talkative type. And so we chatted, and he told me he uh, had COVID. Not now, but had COVID. I thought, oh dear. He said, oh yeah, I was in the hospital two months. Lungs are only at 50% now. My heart's been damaged. I thought, oh my God. So, um, that's, uh, you know, that was one piece. And then we talked about lawn bowling and how much fun. I said, well, I can't really do it now. I've got neuropathy. So, oh, my wife has neuropathy. Oh, this, now, sorry, this is not, this is, this is, I'm still kind of warming up. This is still kind of the boring stuff. Uh, that's her over there using the kiddie bowls, like children's bowling. You know, you, these things are fairly heavy. Well, she can't pick up those anymore because of her neuropathy. Um, and so uses these little ones. But still, I watched and she put on a pretty good game. And I guess the thing was, the ink thing was, I've told myself I can't lawn bowl anymore because I don't have balance. I'll fall over. And the fact that here's somebody else with the, my condition who is bowling. Well, you know, with a little help and smaller bowls, but uh, gee, maybe it isn't over for me. So I'm going to have to uh, go this week to Scarborough and visit uh, my old lawn bowling club and, and say, well, I'm just here to watch. And uh, but probably what I'll do is I'll put my bowls in the uh, car maybe see if it's a place I can just practice, you know, borrow a jack, throw the jack out there and uh, see what I can do. But the other thing that got to me was all the signals and signs and the rules of the game, like, oh, this ball hit the jack, so the mark of the next, the chalk, in case it goes off or something, it still counts. Uh, I, I, I don't know, and suddenly I realized, oh my god. I've forgotten all the rules. Then they're doing signs to each other, you know, waving. How many are you up? Or are you up or are you down? And you hold your fingers in a certain way. And I thought, oh, my God. Am I capable of learning the rules again? And part of it is just that that doubt, you know. Oh, can, can you still do this? Can you still function? You know, can you learn things again? Uh, anyway, that was still on the side. When we were driving down, oh, by the way, I had a wonderful visit with Sue's Muse. Uh, after dropping my son off at a brew pub in the middle of Ottawa, City Centre Street, I think, a place I'd never been to before, um, I didn't take Sal, I took the, uh, the Toyota, the one I'm driving now. After dropping my son off, I... Um, 
visited Susie's out and back with her pool. You've seen the pictures. Lovely blue liner. Looks great. Uh, had a beer and a very good conversation, and I dropped off uh, my two books, which she didn't have, and got a very nice note afterwards. How, uh, how wonderful, how amazing. So I'm delighted with that. Thank you, Susie. Um, on the way down to Ottawa with my son, I said, the universe always gives you what you need. I don't know what preceded that comment, but it was that old, give me everything, you know. Oh, yeah, everything works out for the best. Uh, you know, meaning you have to be open to it. And it didn't mean you get everything, although I might have said that. You might, the universe give, yeah, give, gives you everything. You get what you need. But I meant, you got to be open to it. Right? You gotta, you gotta be, you gotta do something about it. Maybe, maybe the doors are open if you're, if you care to look or try the door. Maybe that's it. But it didn't mean a passively, you know, you'll be blessed. Everything will be handed to you. No, you, there's some work involved in all of this. Um, my son reacted to it quite strongly. Like, basically. That's easy for you to say, but what about other people? Uh, maybe you've got everything you want. But it, it, it wasn't quite that. It was more of a challenge. So I'm saying, really, you know, what about your wife who has to do this, this, and this, and this? And basically in reference to my uh, inability now, or disability that I have now, and mainly emphasizing the fact that this disability I have is going to get a lot worse in just a matter of time and not necessarily a long time. There's, there's the crux. All right, I got to the meat and potatoes. This is it. Point was, my son knows, Dad, you, you're, you've got a disability and it's going to get worse and you're not going to get better. And it's time for you to do something about it. Never mind this. The universe gives you everything that you need or everything will work out. So his reaction was that I was sort of thinking, oh, don't worry about anything. Everything will be fine. In a way, I was saying that. That's why, because I do believe I'm born lucky and things will work out. And I will always be where I'm supposed to be. I still do believe that. And I didn't want to have that taken away from. By the way, I'm uh, in the express lanes now, and I'm following the instructions, keeping left, and it, it strikes me that the, uh, the universe knew what to do, although now I'm joining the bottleneck. Um, so, there were two viewpoints there, and it was very easy, you know, to get tangled up in the words, yeah, but what I meant, well, that's not what you said those kind of discussions basically my son was saying you you gotta know you gotta get serious now's the time don't put this off you're you know it's only a matter of time before you can't walk anymore you won't be able to climb stairs he just told me these hard realities that yeah, you know I wasn't really receptive I wasn't really ready to hear I don't want my son telling me how fucked up things are gonna be when I'm just trying to get along with my positive wavelengths and 
sin outlook, everything is going to be okay. I'm not worried about it. And he's saying, no, things aren't going to be okay. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, that is, there's, there's a problem, right? You got, here's father and son, two very different views, and the elder son saying, hey, you can't ignore this. And me thinking, you know, I'll deal with that when I have to deal with it. I'm not ready now. And, of course, that just raises issues. You know, well, when are you going to be ready, you know? And it's like the topic I've had forever in the past of, uh, what about all that shit you've kept in your basement and you know you have to get rid of? Proceed to the root. And you're not doing anything when you proceed to the root. Proceed to the root. I'm on the root. I'm on the root. I'm on the express lane. Okay. See, it doesn't know. It doesn't know. I'm on the express lanes now. These are yellow lines, meaning this is just temporary. This is where we are. I'm actually doing everything right, and my universal satellite goddess doesn't know the full picture. All right. So, after I had calmed down from all of that, I really did let it go, let it sink in, and eventually told him, "Yeah, yeah, I know, you're right." Basically, the message was, "You got to sell. You're going to have to sell your house. You cannot live in that house, you know, much longer." Or we didn't put a date on it, but we're, you know, maybe I think I'm thinking three years. Maybe I've got another three years. Um, but in that time, I should be, by the end of three years, I should be ready. and should have moved or be ready to to move. Which leads to a whole other conversation. Move? Like, to where? Uh, you know? And I'm very grateful. I'm very grateful my son raised those issues with me. And made me, you know, okay, okay. Focus a little here. Think a little more about this. And... So there has been talk. And then again today, when the, when the two were sort of right in the middle of climate change and is it real or something along that line, I said, okay, I want to bring it back to the here and now, the real stuff that impacts you guys. Where should I move to? And I ended that discussion, which neither of them were going to be satisfied with because they both had very divergent viewpoints um, and say this is this is our lives um, I'm going to have to move where should I move to and that's um, that's kind of where we're at so I did do a lot of thinking I guess I'm not ready to share my conclusions with you just yet but I did, I did want to share that the because it was real. We don't always talk about family on this podcast, but this was real. And of course, when I dropped Kenji off at the airport, we, we just parted in the best of terms and both grateful, both apologizing me for being a bad listener and for, uh, I accused him of being, his delivery could use improvement. And he countered that with something else I could do that would be better. So there is always going to be some clashes, the kind of clashes I was never able to have with my own father, because nobody nobody argued with a father in those days. Well, people did, but we didn't. 
So uh, there you are. There you have it. Things are afoot. And the question is, will I be the Scarborough dude or will I be a new, uh, a new dude from a different place? And uh, stay tuned. If I'm still doing this in another three years, and you might know the answer. Three years, oh my God. Well, I think I'm going to take that to reach a thousand episodes. Is that the goal? I don't know. Scarborough Dude, I think I'm going to end it with you. I think I'm going to turn up Neil Young. And I think I've given you more than enough. I don't even know if this is going to be listenable. 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 Um, so, signing off from the 401. Bye for now. Ding, 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 ding. Oh, do you want some Neil Young? sure is. I am sitting in the hot sun. Friday afternoon around 3.30. I'm at Rouge. Rouge River. Rouge. Yeah, it is the Rouge River, but uh, Rouge Beach Park. Something like that. If you go along um, Lawrence Avenue all the way to the end, past Port Union, you'll end up here. And right behind me, you can probably hear some uh, railway tracks. So you get the go trains and then the occasional... Uh, via rail train it's a lovely spot i'm looking out at the marsh and uh in you know this is an environment this it's just completely surrounded by trees and uh, a lot of birds and wildlife here and um it's a place when we were still active we used to bring the canoe. I don't think we did it that many times, but to go down this Rouge River, this part of it. Of course, I'm right. it's right on Lake Ontario. That's right behind me. But I'm on this sort of marsh inlet area. It's, um, it's kind of nice. It's kind of nice. I see a big crane out there in the middle of the marsh, standing very still. 
Uh, there was a, a canoe club here, which burned down, I guess. And it's still a, a beach area. It's very busy during the summer. You cannot get a parking spot down here. But it is now September 17th. So uh, kids are back in school, some anyway. And uh, people are working again. Rumors were in the we're facing the fourth wave of COVID, for those of you following the history of this damn thing. Alberta has finally realized, uh-oh, we thought we were free and clear, and everybody was going to have the best summer ever in Alberta because we don't do all that shit that you guys back east are doing. And uh, now suddenly they've had to backtrack and say, uh-oh. we got rules in place now, folks. Apparently quite a patchwork of them and uh, very confusing. And guess what's just most disturbing is the amount of... It's one thing not to get vaxxed, that's bad enough, but to actually go out on the streets and demonstrate outside hospitals, in the streets, at police stations, wherever, and actively fight back. This is Trump's America, except it isn't. It's Canada. And it just it just doesn't make any sense. It is like a sickness, a disease. Everything is a conspiracy. Everything is, you can't make me do that. This is not healthy. But the state of the world right now, forgive me for going on about this, but is it's we're in a mess. We're in a crisis. Uh, some might trace it back to uh, 20 years ago, September 11th. Uh, but, um, you know, others would say, no, it's the, the rot had seeped in long before then. Something wrong with our culture, our values. It's about money and greed and power. And I guess it, it's probably always been that way. And I, I know this is just, you know, any professorial types out there would say, this is just silly talk, man. You're not saying anything. And, and yeah, but I am seeing and I am observing and I'm speculating that the world that my children face is a much less pleasant world uh, in many ways than the one I grew up in. Uh, and again, yeah, all right, so we're talking, there's a framework here. Yeah, middle, middle class and white, yeah, you were fine. Uh, it's uh, Maybe for some people it is much better now. Um, in fact, I'm sure that's true. So, all right, we're talking in circles. Take that back. I'm trying to, you know, this constant, you know, say something and then correct yourself and then think, well, what if somebody judges that statement? That's not healthy either <laughs> at all. What am I saying? What do I want to say? I want to say it's a beautiful day. I was just out visiting a friend. I uh, sold him volume two of my book, somebody from church, a fellow who invited me to his cottage, and uh, he kindly gave me a bag of apples he'd picked from his tree just that moment into the bag. And me, I couldn't get over it. It was an apple tree. And I'm used to crab apple trees, which are things you just threw at people, but you never ate them. But this is an apple tree with red apples that you just pick and eat. And it just, I mean, he'd said, I've, I've picked hundreds today. Now, come on, you're exaggerating. No. Now, there goes a gold train. Can you hear it? of coaches. It's kind of a nice thing because it's it's up on a platform. It's got to cross over this little river. So there's quite a big bridge. It's raised up, but it's you're, you're looking at it through the trees. It's it's a, it's a pleasant sight. I, I used to come here. I'd bring the boys here. We'd do little walks on the beach and think. In fact, I only came to where I am now. There's a, sort of a marsh viewing area. In fact, I think it's a now part of a heritage. Uh, the National Park um, I forget what you call them, 
but it is part of a national park. I guess the government feds have taken over and said, yeah, this is something we got to preserve and put money into. So you've got a very nice boardwalk uh, all fenced in, and uh, this is a place that has one bench, and that's why I walked here from where I parked my car, and I think I'm going to walk back and um, go down to the beach. So maybe I'll chat with you again from the beach. Gosh, I got all started and didn't really say anything, did I? What did I want to say? I am thinking more and more, uh, following the discussion. Yeah, last time you heard from me, of course, I was in the car driving back home along the 401. Um, And I, I shared that business about starting to prepare for the future. And I shared that talk with Kevin, the man I uh, I met this afternoon. And he had said something along the lines, yeah, that's part of the process of just, you know, talking about these things, talking about the fact. I was telling him that I'm going to have to sell our house uh, eventually and, and move into something smaller. I looked at his house and it's called, I think it was called a rear split, something like that. A design I didn't know. I was thinking, it was, no, these are just bungalows because from the front you only see one main floor. But no, the um, back of the house, you step down three steps and would, which into what I would call a sunken living room. But above that living room is the back half section of the house is um, the bedrooms above that. And there's also a half a basement um, under the front section. It's It's kind of an interesting design. And it seemed like every house on the street had that same design. Back split, I think. Maybe you know that, but I didn't know it. I just thought, all, all I knew was <laughs> two-story and bungalow. Those are the only, <laughs> the only uh, terms I knew for houses. So, yeah, I wonder. I, I'm sort of leaning towards, well, at least a, a, a house not attached to others, not a duplex, which are usually two stories anyway. But uh, a small bungalow somewhere, if that could be found and we'd come out ahead financially, uh, that would be the step to take. But you want a house, if you're going to buy a house, I'd want one that would keep its value so that my wife could eventually sell it when uh, when I'm gone and she's got to move on. All right, enough of that. This is just, I guess it's just, you said I'm just topping up the uh, topic I was on before of uh, being prepared for changes. I'm still thinking about, oh my God, what am I doing sitting out here doing nothing on a Friday afternoon when I could be home looking at what I have to get rid of and making plans for that because that is what has to come first before any plans for selling, for moving, for shopping for a new home, for deciding where to live, before any of that I've got to come up with plans for getting rid of the stuff that I have. Like the, the, ugh, just my office alone. And, and probably that's where I should start. It's a nightmare just thinking about it. So I'm going to leave it there. I think we'll, uh, let's, let's go take a walk on the beach. I'm going to shut this off and, uh, no point in walking and talking at the same time. I don't think you'd enjoy that too much. You'd hear me huffing and puffing and, uh, stomping with my right foot. But we're going to anyway, and then we get up. Yacha! There we go. All right, we're going to have a very short chat as I walk along this lovely boardwalk. Uh, I feel okay, but the knee, the knee that I fell on, uh, that hasn't recovered. That's That's got to be at least a month ago, uh, and it's still, you know, I get a very short walk, and then my knee starts hurting with every step. But you don't want to hear that. Of course you don't. I don't want to hear it. <sighs> 
All right, so we will not have a walk and talk. We'll shut this baby down, and we'll talk to you later. Bye for now. And we're back. Uh, this is maybe, I don't know, 15 minutes later. I'm uh, on the beach side now. By God, it's nice. It's a beautiful blue sky fall day. And there's a breeze coming off the water. And that just feels so good. I, I just love this kind of weather. It's refreshing. You feel alive. You feel touched by the by the wind. And I'm looking out at... Um, you know, Lake Ontario, this vast expanse goes on forever. In the distance, actually, <clears throat> so much closer than what I'm at. Um, um, Bluffers Park is the Pickering Nuclear Station, these round domes. It's a weird-looking place, you know, like, ooh, what? what's that? That looks kind of weird. Um, can't think of any other word for it, sorry. It's all concrete and uh, a huge facility. It's ominous, I guess you might say. Maybe only because we know what it is. Um, and then in the foreground, there's a, a couple. Uh, a man with long hair and beard, I guess. Um, hanging on to a woman with long hair. And it's just uh, it's, it's a little picture of love. They've got a, a blanket spread out. And they're just sitting there enjoying an afternoon at the beach. I don't know anything about their story, and I don't need to know. It's just enough just to see this image in the foreground against that, uh, you know, that uh, potential horror story in the distance. Um, trains go by here. There's a bridge, and so the noise, if you hear a train before I finish talking, it'll, it'll be a different sound. The sound of going over this metal bridge, I always liked it. Ah, there's some beautiful trees here that I'm actually sitting under. I'm sitting on a big rock. Uh, rocks are never, even flat rocks, are never that comfortable to sit on. I'm disgusted, of course, at cigarette butts on my feet. Uh, and worst of all, a relatively new Tim Hortons cup. Just a paper cup on the ground and the plastic cap with it. Like somebody, here's a train. Somebody in this park with, you know, recycle bins everywhere. This is an, actually a national park. There is a name. It's a national urban park. Um, somebody couldn't be bothered to take their cup and put it in one of those many bins that are all around. And I, I don't understand that. And, and when you have, at that level of... I guess you can't even call it misbehavior. Is it ignorance? Is it willful, willful ignorance? Um, I don't. I don't know what you call that. Like, why would somebody just drop their cup on the ground and leave it there? Like, wh wh who is that person? And and like, I want to punish them. And I, I don't mean in a kinky kind of way. I, seriously, I mean. I want that person to know you don't do that. You don't do that. Um, interesting. I just had another family issue. I, I'm not going to get into all the details of it. Uh, but a member of my... Well, why am I 
dodging around it. That's kind of pointless. Uh, I visited my sister in Ottawa, as you know, and my brother was very upset that we didn't visit him. Like he's in uh, a town not far away. It could have been en route. In fact, we, we it was uh, when we uh, drove here. My trip to Ottawa was, as they say, less than 24 hours. There really wasn't time, and it wasn't on my son's list of things to do. But my brother found it very upsetting that it just simply the way we were brought up, our our family, our heritage, meant you did the right thing. It's it's <laughs> it's funny because watching Downton Abbey, um, there are rules for for everybody, even whether you're a servant below or the uh, the wealthy upper crust up above, there are still rules of behavior and, and things that you were supposed to do. And so in this case, my brother felt I was supposed to have, at the very least, called, but preferably have dropped by when my son, who they haven't seen for a few years, was in town. And I didn't do that. And uh, he was very upset wrote me a almost a, a formal letter telling me why he was upset and, and uh, what we should have done. And uh, so I very carefully waited before I overreacted as I as, as I would have had it been a, a, a Twitter exchange. I, I waited three hours and then carefully composed a letter explaining the situation, but included apologies. And... Uh, he called back today to say he was satisfied with my, well, accepted my apology, I guess that's what it came down to, but still made it clear that this was not good behavior, and I I, I didn't push back, but I did put in some explanations up to a point. I, and why, why did I share that with him? I, I don't know. He would, of course, be even more upset if you knew I was talking about family issues on a public, you know, who's, who's this going out to? Who's listening? Uh, and this is just something that I do. I talk about my life and what's going on. And and uh, I don't know what got me onto that, why I had to share that. But there I've done it, and I guess I'll have to leave it where it is. I No way, I mean, I don't... <laughs> He has never listened and would never listen. So I guess it's safe in that respect. And I haven't said anything that was not true or given only one side of it. I don't, I don't think. But, um, yeah, families, I mean, every family has things to sort out. Family is different from friendship. And um, I guess anybody I'm talking to knows this very well. So, there you go. Let's move on. Thank you very much. Lift the needle out of that groove and drop it down on the next. Uh, don't think I really have much to say. I guess I'm feeling a little bit of um, having talked about the preparations needed before even considering a move. Um a little bit of guilt knowing that I won't do anything today and maybe not this weekend uh, in terms of getting rid of stuff. I could start with clothing, 
Um, somebody, who was it? Maybe it was uh, Jason said if he hadn't worn, worn something for six months, then it could go in the the bin to be uh, recycled, used, I mean, dropped off for somebody who maybe could use it. I think I could easily do that, but I, it's this difficulty of, ooh, that's a nice shirt, even though I don't wear it. I, I could get rid of a, little, a lot more. And yet, to me, it just seems, oh, what's even the point of that? It's just a drop in the bucket. It's, it's the question is, what do I have to do while I still can and physically able and not a person sitting in a wheelchair telling somebody else, move that over here. No, 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 no I need to keep that. No, no. I have to be the one to, uh, to do these things. The same way my father was when um, he got rid of all my old Playboy magazines when they left uh, Lachine, sold the house in Lachine. And, as I've mentioned before, kindly saved my car magazines. Uh, the Mad magazines went out, too. I would have liked to have had those. But, uh, hey, I left all this crap behind. I was traveling across Europe with my wife at the time. Was not able to help. Didn't leave any instructions. And I couldn't very well. Hey, would you mind saving that stack of Playboys for me? Uh, they would have been from the 60s. From uh, I think I bought the first one maybe in 1965. Uh, in those days, you actually had to go to Ottawa to buy, or Ontario, to be able to buy a Playboy magazine. I think there was a point when you couldn't buy them in Quebec. Um, yeah. So, I've since gone back and bought some, you know, from uh, uh, magazine stores with articles I wanted to see here from a certain vintage and whatever. Uh, there, I mean, there, there are ones that would be collectibles now, ones where they interviewed, you know, Timothy Leary and uh, even Jack Kerouac and all those others. Um, and same for Life magazines and so on. So, okay, there's a, there's a good example. So what do I do now that I've built up a new collection of books and magazines? What do you do? Those things I don't want to throw out, so I could... Basically, what it will probably come down to is whatever house I have or move into, there'll be boxes in the basement or somewhere that will be labeled, but they will have things that I don't want to throw out, but I won't have on display. Um, Although, if it was my kind of house, I would have the odd magazine lying on a table somewhere. Here, oh, that's a, you know, 1972 Playboy, what? Oh, that's interesting. Oh, look at these ads. Wow. So, you know, but um, that's probably not Nauco's style of decorating. So, yeah, there's one example, you know. Okay, sir, I'll get rid of these things, but all I'm doing is packing them up, putting them in a box, not throwing it out. And then there's my library. Oh, my God. Where to begin there? And I know it causes my wife a great deal of stress. So it is something. All right, I'm telling you, I'm telling me. I do have to make a serious start now that I have an inkling of what the future could be um, of getting rid of stuff. So I I think the first thing to do is is my, and I've already started all my files and papers and documents and old bank statements, things that I don't need to to get rid of those. And that's again a drop in the bucket get rid of some clothes the boxes of letters at least those are labeled (sighs) what do you do 
what do you do? You, you leave them for somebody else to throw out. And that just that doesn't seem quite fair, but the idea of, of handwritten letters that I have from all my friends by the hundreds, maybe maybe I've got, what, six, eight banker's boxes full? What do you do with those? You just throw out old letters? And for some people, sure. Do they spark joy? Well, not exactly, but they spark curiosity and they spark a need to hold on to something that's frozen in time, This little, these little time capsules. My son's idea for him, he said, Dad, build, just make a time capsule and bury it. And, and I, my answer was, I where, you know, what, you know? Yeah, but number one, it wouldn't be enough. And that was just one of his ideas off the top of his head. Uh, well, yeah, that'd be neat, but you know, that that doesn't cut it. <laughs> that, and and the, I wouldn't want to put things in the time capsule that weren't neat things. And then I'd worry about it all the time. Well, we're not going to bury it. Well, who's maybe then it'll never be found. I guess that doesn't matter. But but no, I don't want to put my good things and put them in some container and bury them in the ground. Really, I don't even know what I want to do with my ashes after I'm cremated hey alright you had enough of me yeah I'm just about finished this podcast but uh, that's where I'm at and uh, anybody anybody who's a friend who's listened to this has any suggestions advice recommendations comments let me know you never do but let me know anyway I'll put that out there Scarborough dude signing off from uh, Rouge Rouge National Urban Park. That's what it is. Rouge National Urban Park. Bye for now. On the shores of Lake Ontario, the water coming in and the sailboat out there on a gorgeous day with that damn nuclear power station in the distance. Oof. Bye for now. A ding, ding, ding. Yeah, boy. Scarborough Dude back at you from Bluffers Park once again on a Saturday afternoon. It's about 1.30 in the p.m. And uh, it is a gorgeous sunny day. And I sure hope this keeps up because tomorrow I'm going camping again. Oh, yeah. So I got to get this baby out here today. Uh, this is the last 10 minutes. And I think I'm going to... I've got a song. It's just over four minutes. I'm probably going to tack that on at the end. And, um, yeah, so if you don't want to hear it, then that will be the end of the podcast. You can just fast forward through or shut her down or wherever you want, but it is, uh, take a giant step outside your mind by Taj Mahal. And that's the album that I bought. I mentioned my good buddy, Richard, um, who's long passed away. Uh, used to love and would play that at his house on vinyl, sitting around his red table, and it, it meant a lot. It was wonderful. And I finally went out and bought the CD. So uh, there you have it. That's it. But meanwhile, now I got another nine minutes to fill up. Um, yeah, I'm sitting here in my car, looking at a lady sitting on my bench. Now, of course, it's not really my bench, but it is the only bench in this wonderful spot on the. Uh, Catside area of Bluffers Park. 
it's in the shade and oh how I want to be there and I'm sort of telling myself well come on now I'm sitting in the front seat of my car I got sort of a, a good view anyway of the trees but it's through the windscreen and she's just not going to move and I'm thinking well she's so comfortable there and she's enjoying it and I have no right to that and you know I, I watched for a while and figured okay any minute she maybe she'll get up and move but it's such a good spot why would she want to so um I have to uh I have to do without. This is not the time. I don't live in a culture where I can walk up and say, move, you know, I outrank you or uh, whatever. You don't belong here or threaten her. This is, hey, woo, hey, there's a lady enjoying this most beautiful spot in Buffers Park. And uh, these benches are only big enough for uh, two people who are very close. And, uh, yeah, so... I'll do without. I'm I'm not bitching. I'm just, I'm observing. I'm observing myself, my own emotions. Yeah, I kind of want it. And I'm trying to convince myself it doesn't really matter. There, the, the advantage to that was you'd be feeling the air. I've got the windows open, but you don't really feel like you're outside when you're sitting in the front seat of a car. Whereas there, you'd get a little breeze off the water. And uh, you think, wow, isn't it nice to be outside today? And, of course, I I don't have that feeling sitting in the front seat of the car. God, you know, sometimes I wonder, the, the stuff I share with you, well, it's observations, it's reflections. I'm sharing it with myself, I suppose. Like, what difference does it make? I'm alive, I'm well. All right, let's move on from that. I'm not going to have that bench during the course of this. But she get, no, 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 she's just changing position. So I went online looking for um, houses. Yesterday, in the afternoon, I spent out at uh, Rouge Park. It's a national urban park now. The government, I guess, has taken over. And it's an area I knew from canoeing. I guess I talked about that. I was with you yesterday. Weren't we together? Yes. Anyway, on the drive home, I, I went down a couple of side streets in that area, Port Union area of Scarborough. And looked at bungalows. Oh, wow. There's some nice ones. Wow, look at that long driveway. I could park the road track. doesn't have to be a wide driveway, but if it's a long driveway, I could move into a bungalow and still be able to park my road track at one end and just shift the cars around when I needed to. So, all right, rolled that down. What do you need? You need a long or a wide driveway. Um, garage, yeah, that'd be nice to have. But we're, we're looking at single floor living, not a back split. And they were nice, so I got home and went online and looked at Bungalows Scarborough, starting $800,000. And what the fuck? This is insane. This is a bungalow. These things should be under 100000 Well, they were, not now. And it, it was really a shock. Okay, well, I guess. I mean, I know, given that our... Houses in a prime location on two stories. I'm going to get more than that, you know. I mean, I'm holding out for, yeah, you know, we should get at least a million. I know the house up the street, starting price, 995000 and sold over asking. So, yeah. But still, to go around and take that money and put it on a shitty little bungalow for 800000 seems crazy. 
And it, and it was a real, it was a shocker. All right, well, I guess Scarborough's off. Well, let's check out, uh, you know, Oshawa, Ajax, Pickering. And it's the same. These are still commuting distance to downtown and living on the goal line. As my son said, Dad, you gotta be you gotta be near the goal train so that you can get into Toronto when you need to. So you're not stuck in these suburban communities. Like Scarborough, you can get on a bus, a subway. These other places, no, but you get the goal train to get downtown. <sighs> well, they're they're not within reach. They're not within reach. And well, I mean they are, except there's no hardly any money left over. Me, the idea for me would be to sell and have at least half of that, you know, to come out, you know, five hundred thousand ahead. I, I'm talking money here, and I shouldn't be because people don't aren't supposed to do that, especially to a, a public, especially to people you don't even know. But yeah, that that's what you'd want, you know, sell for a million and buy for five hundred thousand, then you got that money in the bank and uh, invest it or whatever. But that, that's just not feasible. So where the fuck do you have to go to move to buy a house that's cheap that still, you know, gives a life to you and Naoko? Got to be some rural, some rural out-of-the-way area. Well, what kind of life is that? Is that livable? Is that doable? So these are the things that are on my mind these days. These are the things that are, are that I have to face going forward. That okay, we do have to move. Okay, in future, yeah. I'm I, this if this condition. I say if, and it's I don't think it's an if. This condition makes it you know managing stairs difficult or being able to do anything around the house a problem. What's the next step? Uh, short of a senior's home, which I could never afford. People talking about, oh yeah, they're uh, they're what they're um, four thousand a month to live in uh, like a retirement home, seniors' residence, four thousand a month, fifty thousand a year. Wow, <laughs> yeah, no, hey, whoa, no, not possible. So I don't know what my. I mean, I to me, it's just no. Well, you're gonna die before you need that, so just die already. Uh, I know this is maybe. I'm going a little far here, but I'm just, there are realities that I've always managed in my bubble universe that, hey, everything's going to be fine. And, and I, I still want to, I need, I need that philosophy. I need to believe that going forward. And yet that conversation with my son is sort of shaking me up just a little bit like, oh, okay, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, I, I realize, okay. Things aren't always so easy. Yeah, there are some other realities you're going to have to face. But in my life to date, everything has worked out. I'm always ending up where I'm supposed to be. And I can't let go of that. Like, for me to let to let go of that belief, to have that shaken to the core so that, no, I don't believe that anymore and I become afraid of the future because I don't know what it's going to be. No, I can't do that. I can't do that. I need to hold on to this hope. Well, now there you go. <laughs> Nine minutes up. This lady has just left her spot. Ah, do we go out anyway? Do I do I finish off the last minute there anyway? Close the windows, get out of my car, and uh, hang on, I'm going to pause. <laughs> you, you see, you always end up where you're supposed to be. That should be, that should be, that like her getting up and, and moving in the last minute of, that I've got left here. 
um, should be a sign, should be a clarification that, yeah, hey, dude, don't lose that faith. It's worked for you your entire life. Keep it going. You'll be fine. Things will work out. You'll end up, and one day you'll be able to say from a completely different location somewhere, you'll be able to turn on this podcast and tell your folks, guess what, folks? I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. Oh, yeah. Stay tuned. Keep the faith. Scarborough Dude signing out from (laughs) this lovely little bench in Bluffers Park, overlooking all the water and... uh, all the trees, especially that favorite weeping willow, and the uh, sun is shining down here on Lake Ontario. Bye for now. Though you've played at love and loss, and sorrows turn your heart to frost, I will mail you hard again Remember the feeling as a child when you woke up and morning smile It's time, it's time, it's time you felt like that again There is just no percentage in remembering the past It's time you learn to live again and love and last. Come with me, leave your yesterday, your yesterday behind. And take a giant step outside your mind. You stare at me with disbelief. You say for you there's no relief, but girl, I swear. It won't do you no harm Don't sit there in your lonely room Just looking back inside that gloom Mama, that's not where you belong Come with me, I'll take you where The taste of a life is green And every day, every day Hold on, one that just got to be seen Yesterday, your yesterday behind And take a giant step outside your mind Though you've played with love and loss And sorrows have turned your heart to frost I will melt your heart again Remember the feeling as a child Woke up in morning smile. It's time, it's time, it's time. You felt like that again. There is just no percentage in remembering the past. It's time you learn to live again and love and laugh. Come with me, leave your yesterday, your yesterday behind. And take a giant step outside your mind.